0: Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Welcome back. This is for Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today, I am absolutely excited to introduce Bia Chalette, who's also known as the Growth Architect. She's also the founder of the Women's Code and provides visionaries and leaders with proven strategies, blueprints, and growth maps that provide clear steps to improving business systems that not only strengthen leadership skills and teams, but that allows your clients and audiences to maximize profits and scale their impact. She's known as a straight shooter. As well as a first generation immigrant who found herself $135,000 in debt as a single parent, she bootstrapped her passion for photography into a global business that licensed content in 79 countries. She exited in a multi million dollar deal when she sold the company to Bill Gates.
1: Welcome, Biat. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. I'm excited to be here.
0: We're excited to have you. And thank you for joining us before your big trip to Japan. I
1: know, right. <laughs> first time to Asia ever.
0: So I'm excited. Oh, wow. First time. That's awesome. Yeah. I flew through there back in mid 2000s on my way to the Philippines. So it was uh, a little bit I got to see in Japan was absolutely beautiful. So.
1: So I hear. uh, And a friend of mine said, pack nothing, buy everything there.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. What enlighten us. Why, Why that? Why do that? but
1: I guess she's a fashionista and Tokyo is a fashion capital of the world. So she just says, help yourself out.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right. (laughs) That is awesome. So tell us about your journey and and how you became known as the growth architect.
1: Yeah. So I am originally from Germany and I started my career in photography, the creative Mm -hmm. arts, and I've always been better at the business than the, than the creative, but I love the creative part and I love artists and visionaries and thought leaders and people with crazy big ideas that cannot land planes if their life depended on it. And so I very quickly understood that I needed to be in the business side of of the creativity. Mm -hmm. And I became, after I, I decided that photography as a photographer, making a living was not for me, even though I loved it. I went to become photo editor at Elle magazine, and then from there, I immigrated to the United States, and I became a photographer agent, a photographer, a stock photography producer. I produced for clients like Wrangler, Mercedes Benz, BMW—you know, really big, wonderful, Mm -hmm. excellent, excellent clients. And then I went through a decade of really bad luck and tragedy, and that included fires, floods, riots, earthquake, as lawsuit. September 11th, and it finished with a tsunami. In the meantime, I've added a hurricane to it and a pandemic. So I think, you know, I used to jokingly say in Los Angeles, I'll never add a hurricane, but but little little do you know what, right. what comes to you in life. And eventually I found myself $135,000 in debt, broke, a single mom, immigrant. No idea I was going to get myself out of this mess because I had lost everything. Mm. I lost half a million dollars in one day. In September 11th, I had lost the other part of the photography representation business in the lawsuit of a bad former employee. They got too close to a key vendor and they decided they were going to run their own business just without me. And then I had to figure out how I'm going to crack this code. And then when I did, I sold my business for millions of dollars to Bill Gates, 18 months of the worst moment of my life.
0: Wow. Bill Gates. So... Having worked for him formerly uh, a few years ago, well, actually, he he was chairman at the time I was at Microsoft. So congrats to you on that sale, especially during a recession. So tell us how you did that.
1: So the way when you look at the journey always retroactively, it feels that it now all makes sense. I think that probably most people in life will say that. They say, well, if I wouldn't have you know broken up with this person, then I wouldn't have gone out with my friend. And then... We wouldn't have gone on that trip. And then I wouldn't have been in a supermarket at the time. Then I wouldn't have met that person. And one thing that, you, you, you know, so when we look back, it always, always makes sense. So it was no different for me. So if I look now backward, Dean, I go, okay, everything makes total sense. So there was this moment where I'm in the desert in El Mirage in the dry lake bed, and I'm producing a music video. It's my first music video. And I want to be an MTV producer. And I thought, that's it. My ship's come in. That's Mm -hmm. it. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be on MTV. I'm going to get all this like crazy cool stuff. And you know, that the trucks are coming in the grip, the, the, you know, the director, the, the models, the stylist, the catering truck. I mean, everything's there. And then I hear this voice in my head and it says, you need to go bigger. I'm like, what, what? And retroactively, Six months later, I lost my business in the lawsuit and then the following nine months later in September 11th. So it wiped itself out. And about a year after I heard this voice while I was on the top of my career. But when you really look at it now is this business that I sold was a stock photography syndication that I built to a syndication distribution list of 79 countries. So the thing that I sold, I sold for as much as I did to Bill Gates privately was because I did exactly what the voice said. You need to play bigger on a global scale. Mm. So when I look back, I was like, ah, I could have saved myself all the trouble if I would have maybe listened to this voice earlier and put things into motion, but I didn't. And so the path was a little bit harder. How you do it is, especially when times are tough, You have to think about on whether or not what's happening right now is so hard because it's just not working. Mm. Because if it would be working so well, you wouldn't be in this position. What, What makes Apple to finally succumb to the pressure to put the same charging cable on their phone that's already on their laptops that everything else is charged with. What is it? It's not the kindness of the sea level It certainly isn't the shareholders. It's economic pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you feel that pressure, instead of running around, ah, you know, like the kid in Home Alone that, you know, that runs around the table <laughs> yeah. with the ice cream and jumps up and down in bed. please don't yep. do that. I mean, no, you can do that, of course, if that's what you want. But that is to you a signal i need to stop and myself included and i'm going to give you a very specific example so we were we were jamming along and this year came and it felt like all the high ticket stuff became so much more difficult then i looked at what some of my colleagues are doing in the space and i see that there's a lot more mass market marketing going on mm-hmm. to a lower level tier in a much larger larger number there's a saying that you don't make money in this in the singular high ticket sales but you make the money in the mass market sales where things you know like trash pick up
0: mm-hmm. every
1: day the the, the the truck has to go out pick up the trash dry cleaning you know people wear their clothes they get dirty and they need to be They need to be cleaned. Your house needs to be cleaned every single week or whatever, every two weeks, whatever that might be for you. So you have to look at this and say, if this is falling apart or it's not working, has there been a seismic shift in the market? Uh, Yes. So first we thought it was COVID. Then it's just kidding. Nothing is true. We had Black Lives Matter, we have the Me Too movement with the after, you know, aftermath of the Me Too movement. And it was so strong that they're now dismantling all the diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. And they're getting rid of rights for women and all the stuff. So so the market is in real turmoil right now. So all these things that are feel good stuff, everything's being removed. So if you are in diversity, equity, and inclusion, you are in real trouble right now. Because nobody cares. That's just not where the market is going. So before COVID, I was speaking about women leadership and I'm keynoting and I'm in Silicon Valley and everybody loves me. I go into into COVID, Me Too happens. And suddenly I'm the token feminist with death threats because I'm talking about the exact same thing, making the same amount of money. So I had to stop that, do something else. Mm -hmm. And now what's happening is that if you look at the Google search terms, what people are really interested in. You need to look at what's happening in the market and then identify how that relates to you because if you insist that a phantom avatar that has a phantom problem that really doesn't exist anymore right? then your sales are phantom meaning non-existent so if your sales are not happening and you call it the battle to business, right? You know, from battle to business. Like, if you want to stop that battle, you have to figure out where the friction is. And the friction is product market fit because the market's changed.
0: Absolutely. And I think the, I mean, there's some really big corporate, well, it used to be behemoths that didn't figure that out and figured it out too late. IBM, IBM's one of them, uh, GE believe it or not. I mean, you know, had to, would they break up into three companies? I think it was. And, you know, and then there's just, it's the, the amount of turmoil that's in the market right now is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, with the inflation, the way it is, depending on which numbers you look at, I think it's, it is very difficult. And <clears throat> there are some that saying, you know, Hey, we're, we're in a recession, we're headed to one. Uh, what do you think um business owners should do and not do in a recession.
1: So the first thing is don't believe everything you think because Price what advice. your brain tells you what your what your brain tells you is a bunch of baloney that's all the stuff that has been has been put in there by people that are not entrepreneurs, your mom and your dad most likely unless mm-hmm. they of course are but most most are not right and by people that are following the tried and proven way. So you cannot go and say that what's happening in the market is proof that everybody who is conservative works for the government, believes in the white picket fence, life after pension, has a 401k, that all of these people are right. So if you believe that you're already done, that you're toast, because then the battle will continue. We Mm -hmm. call it in the mindset world, we call this a value conflict. If you try to convince your subconscious with your conscience that the stuff that you believe in somewhat, that's difficult, there's little opportunity, that there actually is a recession, which we're technically not really in, and that, um, that it's really bad, and, and there's no opportunity out there, and you stop to advertise and do what you need to do, then you're giving Fueled to a value that says, stop. Now, when we look at nature, nature doesn't have a wait and see function. Nature grows or dies. So if nature grows or dies and your body grows or dies, so it either gets stronger or weaker. Because the minute you sit down and wait, it gets weaker. Mm-hmm. So you have to make that choice. So if you say, I'm going to wait and see, you are getting weaker. So then what's the opposite of that? Well, the value is the value conflict is like your conscious mind says like, well, the sharks and what's out there and, you know, and Dean and Beate, they tell me there's opportunity. So you have to constantly override your subconscious with this new message, because the minute you stop the old message like a bad operating system. You worked at Microsoft, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, like the bad bug. The minute you stop running the antivirus software or there's an update or glitch, man, that thing just, you can't bloody kill it in the system. It's just there. So you have to be aware of that. So when the thought comes up, it's no good, or I've wasted my money. I put all these years into it. And for what? What do I have to show for? Mm -hmm. You need to actively look for the opportunity because opportunity does not show up in a Tiffany box with a bow on it.
0: It does not guarantee it does not. So the, what's interesting because, you know, our brain, especially the Raz, it's interesting. You bring up mindset because a fixed mindset is going to have that type of response, right? They're going to think about, you know, Oh, it's too tough or, or we're, we're in a recession. Things are so expensive. And, and it's, it's interesting because I'm actually talking, giving a talk in LA, um, the first week in October about change. And so, the the one thing, and I grew up, the mindset in my household, relatively fixed, wasn't really, a, you know, and that's what you grow up in. And that's some of the things that you battle as you're trying to grow your mindset. And um, I don't know if you ever heard of Zig Ziglar or not, but, you know, one of the things he always said was, Audubonville University and to expand, to grow your mind, to, you know, not focus on that because it's when you believe in opportunity, opportunity tends to show up where you potentially least expect it. And, um, so it's, so And you've got a a five-star success blueprint, uh, how do you work with business owners with that blueprint to help them grow and scale their business?
1: Yeah, so so there's two two phases in business really. You're either going to grow until you have to scale. Because when you go from growth mode and scale mode, it's a completely different operating system that needs mm-hmm. to be put put in in place. The five so success blueprint comes in when we work with people. So we 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 work in like three different categories. We work in, in strategy, in system development, and authority building, because that's typically one of those three things. Is the problem why people don't grow or scale? Like you either they don't know you exist, they you don't have a strategy on how you get anywhere, and then you don't have systems that are repeatedly producing results. Mm-hmm. And when somebody comes and says, Well, I don't even know where to start, I'm stuck, I don't know what's the problem. We say, Well, let's do our diagnosis. We have a, you know, we build signature growth systems. So the blue, the five-star success blueprint is our signature. Growth Mm -hmm. system. And in the first step, you look at the idea. What is it that I'm selling? Who am I selling it to? What are the problems these people having? And why am I the person that needs to be selling this? So that has to be very clear with that because that's your value proposition. Right. And we call this the unapologetic value proposition. Only when you have that are you allowed to move to the next thing, and that's the product or the service. Mm -hmm. Because a product or service has to solve for that person. That problem that they actually have, not the problem you think that they have, the problem that they self-identify. And that's already where where a lot of the stuff goes wrong. Where where the business owner says, in my experience, my 20-year experience, that's not what the problem is. That's what the problem is. You cannot sell what you think the problem is. You can only right. sell to what they know that the problem is. If then in the work with you, they go, Oh man, I thought that was the issue, but Thank God, you're so brilliant and with working with you. I realize it's the other issue. Then you can clap yourself ever so quietly right. on the shoulder and you compliment your client for being so incredibly smart for figuring this out all by themselves. Then you go to the third one, and that is the system. Because when you know who you're selling, why it's you, what we're selling, then you need to start building systems to find clients, to put in front of people, workflows, processes, processes figuring out like, how does this all operate? When you're done with that, then you move to the fourth one, that's the people, the team. Because now you then need people that are operating these processes and systems mm-hmm. that manage the offer to solve for the clients. And that finally gets you to the fifth one and that's you as a leader, that's typically coming in when we scaling. Because then who do you need to be as a leader to be an effective leader to that team that runs the system? Chooses the offer with consistent results and solves problems for clients.
0: Awesome. So, have you ever a question about the leadership? So, have you ever run into a leader when you get to that phase that you're like, mm, maybe not, maybe we need somebody else, or maybe you need some help? What? How do you handle a situation like that?
1: I tell them, I tell them, I, I said, well, the way you formulate is I say, where you are, it is the burnout formula. The burnout formula is, I alone have the answers to everything. If I would only clone myself into little mini and we have an army of mini this would be an amazing business. And then I tell them that is called the death spiral for any business. Because the leader has to, Learn like anybody else that there's a particular skill that they have, Mm -hmm. that they they're super skilled that they should own. If they're bringing in the sales, they should focus on that. If they're bringing, if they're good with the systems and the operations, they should do that, but not the sales. It's just part of the process. Is like, are you are you enjoying where you are? Mm -hmm. No, you know, I I have I have um, it's one person. And he believes he's the best quicken entry maker and reconciler ever. He runs a three million dollar business. I'm looking at this. I'm going like, that is the shittiest spend of your time that I've seen. I mean, it's just outrageous. Then he hires a company in India, and he goes, "Well, they're doing a really bad job. They're really doing a bad job." So What's the problem? Well, they can't figure out the reconciliations on on the statements, on the Chase accounts. I said, well, how many Chase accounts do you have? Four. Well, how come they're not able to do that with the statements? Oh, I don't give them access to the statements. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Hold on. So you're telling me that you're so freaking paranoid that somebody could be better at something than you are, that you don't give people what they need to actually get the work done. And you think that it's a good spend of their time to be bombarded with blue-collar workers' receipts on four different Chase credit cards and then somehow reconstructing a statement because everybody knows a reconciliation is done with a statement.
0: Last time I checked it was, yeah.
1: Last time I checked it was. Well, I will never give anybody this much power in my business. I said, Ben, you'll never get out of this. Ace. So the pain cannot be, the pain level cannot be intense enough for the mm. change to happen. And that's what people typically go to, Dean, is like like an alcoholic has to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Entrepreneurs typically blow up one of three things, their health, their relationship, or their business. Those are the only things that they have to blow up Mm -hmm. and when that happens then they missed that 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 flipping that switch where they need to start becoming a leader and stop being the employee
0: right that's a hard switch hard switch and some do it successfully and some don't i mean there's a lot of founders that know the company gets to a point where like you said scale and grow and they're not the person to do it um you know and sometimes take apple for existence. you know when steve came back they were not on a great path they didn't have that creativeness they didn't have the drive and so when he came back to apple it was a, a you know he he thought of the the ipod and then the phone and then i mean it just and now they're off and running. Right. And it's a phenomenal business. So you talk about failing your way to success and you've, you've, you've talked about a little bit, but what help, help my audience understand what you mean by that.
1: Yeah. So it's, it, I have a great example that I'd tell Jean. So I want you to think about it this way. So you, you, you go to your car and the GPS goes update available. You ignore it because you're busy. You have to drop your kids off. You have to go somewhere. You have to do something. Mom, you know, wife, date night, whatever it might be. And it keeps saying, you want to update the GPS? You said, no, nope, can't, can't, can't. A couple months go by. Now you make a turn and they are building that freeway after all. It's a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. now. Construction can't go anywhere. So now you're going to stop the car. You're going to get out of the car. You're going to throw yourself on the ground you're going to throw a temper tantrum you're going to say i will never drive again i'm the worst driver in the world it's not even worth it driving i i i i such a mistake cannot be rectified it is the worst thing that has ever happened to me i'm going to sell my car i am going to walk everywhere from here on out i uh, no i'm never going to even leave my house i'm i'm going to not have to pay insurance my life is going to be so much better does nobody you go in the car and you take your hand and you hit yourself over the head and you say, idiot, why didn't you update it when it told you to update? But no, you had to know better. You had to keep driving. You knew it was outdated. Otherwise, that wouldn't be an update. But you kept going. Yeah. So now what you do is you just go in the car, you turn around, and you drive away and you find another way why. Because the restaurant you wanted to go to happens to still exist. It has not vanished. The opportunity to go out and eat is not gone. <laughs> right. And so, so I want you to think about when you hit that hard no, that it's really like this construction person with a hard hat and the neon vest with a reflective stripe, the stop sign, and they just go wrong way. And then all I want you to do is go, thank you,
0: wave, keep driving. That's it. <laughs> nice. Love it. So if you had one message that you wanted everybody to hear, what would that be?
1: I don't take it personal because it's really not. It feels mm-hmm. often so personal, but the trials and tribulations are growing pains and mm-hmm. they're often not pretty and they feel like failure. But when you look backward, I mean, I'm a 13-year overnight success. And then I thought I had it all figured out. I'm still facing some of the same challenges that I faced then today. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't go away. It's just a different business with a different set of parameters and a different market that's changing in different in different uh, directions. Right. So you got to have a really thick skin and look at everything from a perspective of curiosity. Not why has this happened to me, but hmm, I wonder where the opportunity is in that. If this is not working, am I supposed to do something here that I may not normally
0: would do? I love that. It's really being introspective about what the what's going on and not you know the oh woe is me syndrome that says, why is this happening to me? It's not why, it's it's what can I learn? What's the opportunity? And it really, I mean, it can, it can really help you to grow, um, not only as a person, but professionally. And um, because I, like I said, you know, growing up at a fixed mindset household, I heard some of that why stuff. And I'll admit, I, you know, I use some of it in my life, until I, I, I think you did this. Hit yourself on the head when you're driving. Didn't update the GPS, but uh, you're right. I mean, it's really about being able to look outside the situation and try to understand it more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would have, so, I would have never sold my business if I, if 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 I wouldn't have done something just because I had to to make somebody just not nag me anymore. That's really but, the story.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, just the, the journey you've been on and, you know, it's, it's all, we're all a a work in progress, right? I mean, we're never there until, um, and it's, it's, you know, you said nature, nature lives and nature dies. And ultimately that's where we're all headed. I mean, that last time I checked, there's no solution for that. So we're all work in progress on that journey. And I think that that's, you know, what, what's the biggest impact you can have as uh, not only a business owner, but as a person. And I think that that's something folks lose sight of.
1: 100%.
0: Awesome. So here's the toughest question you'll ever answer. So what are three books that you would recommend to my audience and why?
1: So the first one is Darren Hardy's compound effect. Ah. And he talks about how do you take a small action and repeat and repeat and repeat it until it amounts to something really big mm-hmm. and it's well illustrated. It's really for all levels. Um, the other one would be I think it's Ray Hendricks uh, the big leap mm. uh talking about how do you how do you take that that big quantum leap in your business and how do you blow up that idea and why are you keeping yourself? really small at this level and the final one would be the challenger sale to understand how to how to challenge your clients in a sale to to really think about you as a trusted partner and you being a trusted partner and challenging challenging them to find the right solution
0: love that book love that book so where can my audience go to learn more about you
1: So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to go to your website where they can or wherever they pick up the podcast and give you a five star review and subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. And here's why the comment matters. Even if you put just a little green heart in it, which signals that you listen to this episode from beginning to end. But it teaches the algorithm. There's engagement on this podcast and people interested in the content. It will help Dean to spread the word. And then just go ahead and share it with one other person so that Dean gets the message out. And when you're done with that, then you can go to growthblockerquiz.com. And that's where we have a free quiz. It takes about two minutes. And uh it is designed to help you figure out what your number one growth blocker is and what you can do to remove it. And if you've heard something where you say, I must speak to this woman immediately, then make sure you go to uncoverysession.com, mention the show, fill it out and request a 15 minute uncovery session with one of our business growth advisors. And then we'll help you to figure out if there's anything we can do to help your business to grow and uncover what these roadblocks are that are keeping you from getting there.
0: That's awesome. And we'll definitely include those links in the notes. And I appreciate the shout out as well. Uh, Thank you for joining us today and from Battle to Business.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. In order to help others,
0: please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at DeanVanDyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to
1: in business.